0: gentlemen we're back from christmas and all that kind of stuff yeah hey how was your christmas guys fine
1: not yeah. too bad how was yours
0: it's good um
1: any special gifts from santa
0: no no nothing think special think. adam um, a lot Oh, i mean a lot of after eights my one of my favorite chocolates and a lot of socks. So that's oh. always good. Also, the grandparents got uh got the family this like uh I forget what you would call it, but it's like this kind of grill thing. And obviously we do a lot of being in an, an English household. Uh, my mom always does like the British fry ups, so, you know, sausages, eggs, all that kind of stuff. Big breakfast? It's yeah, big breakfast. So it was uh it's been used a few times already. That's a godsend, honestly. It's it's great. I remember I asked
1: somebody this. It's a super random. But I remember someone said there's very specific big breakfasts. There's the ones in England. Yeah. And then there's the ones in Ireland. I can't remember which one has the soda bread and which one has the beans.
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure you'd find beans in the British one. The soda bread can just leave. And the the only real big breakfast is the English one. You can forget about anywhere else, to be honest. I don't know. You probably have scotch egg for the other one, too. But that doesn't. More of a, a soft-boiled egg guy myself. But, well, anyway, New Year's is coming up, too, so that'll be New Year's. I can't wait for everyone to make the joke of, oh, my God, 2021 was bad. How about 2022? It's weird. The pandemic itself has felt like a decade, but 2021 felt like it went by in a flash. Same with 2020. I don't know that, if it's just me.
2: No, no, you're, you're right. I, I saw the photo of bernie sanders sitting i think it was at the presidential inauguration in whenever early in 2021 i think around january and someone goes that was 11 months ago
0: it's weird to think that it was that thingy ago like it's 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 weird to think like we had trump in remember when trump got COVID and it was like the biggest thing ever do you yeah, think that was it, during the pandemic? that was a recent memory? It it, it was funny because when it
1: 20 you, years ago?
0: No it wasn't. I, oh I remember
1: I, I remember
2: when we they had the the january 6 riots and we were watching it or dan i think daniel saw it knew it was happening i had it on the tv over here and adam had no idea it was going on and and i just didn't know how to react as we're talking about hockey as i'm watching this on the television it was and that was 12 months ago that was almost 12 months ago that's crazy
0: well guys it is the Christmas time, it is the holiday time It is the New Year's time, which means we're all juniors We did kind of preview a bit of the tournament last uh, episode Those are outdated now Yeah, <laughs> no, of, of course predictions. <laughs> what, 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 what were we doing? What were some of our predictions?
1: I think just some of the lineup schemes uh, How the defensive pays were going to go And the goalies, that was the big thing
0: I well, I think, uh, no, I disagree with that Because I think we were unsure about where the goalies exactly were And I don't think either of Canada's goalies specifically have really been that great. We'll get into that a little later. But, I mean, yeah, we were like, oh, Connor Bedard might work his way up. He stayed on the fourth line, but, you know, he just casually 16-year-old gets a hat-trick like his Wayne Gretzky was pretty funny. Uh, But, again, it was against Austria. So, Um, well, I think first off to talk about, it's a bit of a downer note to the World Juniors, but obviously the other day the state's, I think well, that's been yesterday's game. The States forfeit their game against the Swiss because they had two uh, two players test positive for COVID, mandated quarantine and all that. Uh, today's game between Czechia and uh, Finland has apparently been forfeited by the Czechs. Um, so, and they, you know what? It, it is kind of good that this... I, at first, when I heard there was no relegation, this tournament was kind of like, what are you talking about? Um, but the way it's starting to go with COVID, it sort of makes sense. Even though, let's be honest... Austria should be nowhere near this tournament right now. Uh,
2: I mean, even last year, right? Was it Austria that Canada...
0: I think it was they lost 14 nothing to the States. The States. The
2: States. Like, second year, you you kind of feel bad for them. You do. Like, I, I think we all feel bad for them. But, I mean, listen, like... I saw a post today saying Germany, Team Germany was going through the same thing a few years ago. And look at them now. Now they're not a top team, but there's clearly improvement. Another example, look at team the soccer team in Canada. I mean, look at years ago, they were barely competing. Bare, like, but now they're they've taken those steps. Are they the best team in North America? No but they're taking steps and that's all that matters. That's, like, There's more of
1: a system. Like I agree right. with Alex or um, I cannot remember who wrote this. It was in the sports. It was in sports night. There was a feature, but maybe like a year ago <clears throat> about how certain countries take the rogue juniors, like how seriously they take it. And like Austria is up there, but Germany is just on a whole nother level in terms of what they've been doing with development. And then like, I think they interviewed Mo Scheider about it, Maurice Scheider about it, and just how like, Leon Dreisaitl is the poster boy for every kid who wants to play hockey now in Mannheim.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, I think most forget about just like Germany and that. I mean, you just look at Dreisaitl, Pierre, pretty decent player, pretty good, like. You know, fifty goal score at one time. Hard trophy one. I mean, decent player. I mean, I can't remember if it's if it's like Austria have a program going. I I I may get them mixed up with Germany here, but I'm pretty sure. I think it may have been listening to it from TSN, one of the guys on there talking about how they have a program and I think it was it was Gord and and um, Ray and I think it was Germany. I can't remember if it was Germany and the Czechs. I can't remember if they're the same block. It was the Germany game I was watching, though. And they were mentioning how, like, they have, like, the Red Bull program there. Red Bull just have their fingers in every sport, don't they? Um, And how, like, it takes time, but, like, those programs are, they're on the way. I mean, you look at Germany last year. I mean, they really just got, their best players were in COVID protocol. And even this year, I was kind of like, okay, so they don't have JJ Paterka. They obviously didn't have Stutzla, and I understand that players come in, and so that's how juniors work—they cycle on out. But I was still thinking, like, what's what are they going to do here? And I mean, they haven't been bad, to be honest. They haven't been bad. So it, hey. yeah, like I still hate the round robin <laughs> because it's like, oh great, I just get to watch Canada steamroll everyone except maybe a competitive game against the States. But I I don't care about the round robin; it's kind of awful.
2: I, I think you make a good point there about Germany though losing their star players yet still being able to keep up in a way. Um I, I think that's really important for development because you know not everyone has the riches in terms of player depth like the US, like Canada. Um so to be so to me, they play as a team, they don't play as individual players. Not that I'm saying Canada and US plays individual players, but I think when you have a lot of star players, that might happen. Like that's that's destined to happen sometimes. So for them to be able to play as a team in a team sport is really, really important. So I think it's more than just the players, it's the actual system, as we were saying.
0: Mm-hmm. And it also so shows that if they have you know competent junior level players coming through that their development also is like like that's again it's the program doing its thing right like germany is not to mention germany itself is just a it's just a a nation that just does a lot of things right like you can never keep germany down like they're like they're super athletes there too i know a lot of us it's like that super athlete thing has always been like the russians but the germany germany is a nation is like it's amazing like how far they've come like how they were able to build up after World War One, and even after World War Two, like the state they're yeah. in. Now, I'm not complimenting. Yeah, no, I I you would, no, no, that. No, no. That, you know That's what? not what I'm I, trying no, no. to say. Uh, that's I'm not, not referencing what I was, the Nazis, but the, you know what I'm trying to say, right, is like they're a superpower in Europe still. If you look at everything they've ever been through as a nation. No, okay, no, maybe right. where we no, just no. cut that part out. No, though? no, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> I, 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 what I was going to say, uh, what I was laughing at is I was going to make the exact same point. so i'm not like yes of course
0: that's not what you mean we all know you know what what it is alex i'm re-watching the world war ii in color road to victory that just came out so i have world war ii on the brain no no
2: i think you're right i I was gonna make that exact same point i was laughing because only history people
0: get that
1: yeah me too i was laughing about that
0: (laughs) it's just like i'm just saying it's like not that time period but like germany today you can't help but like respect what they have done in the today i'm not yeah obviously i'm not yes yes no no
2: i get it like we get it don't worry don't
0: worry if this if you're not listening to this episode you know it's been taken down for (laughs) but you know jesus christ uh anyway um looking at other places around you know just some sort of highlights i want to talk about goaltenders for a second here going back to Canada's goaltenders specifically right Okay, so I didn't watch a lot of the Austria game against Canada because I was watching the Habs play because I'm insane. Um, we're going to talk about that game a little later, though. Um, but also, like you kind of look at it. So, Kosa comes in for the back half. Uh, sorry, it's Kosa. In the back half of that Russian preliminary game, right? I said it right. It's like, hey. um, I don't think he turned any heads, and two of those goals were just Michkov being Michkov. What a great player that is that 2023 draft. Holy cow. Um, but that, I think, was the second goal against was just an angle that you can't let a goal in. Um, then Garan was injuring the the Czechia game. And if that was a game against, uh, no, nothing against Czechia, but if you had playing like an A-tier team, like you can say Sweden or something, Garan cost them that game with how he was playing. You know what I mean? And again, I don't want to start a, like... And yesterday's game versus um versus Austria, no offense, but, like, how much am I supposed to take out of that, you know, what? And, and look at Brochu and supposed to be like, okay. You let two goals in against Austria, which I don't think... I think there's been games in this tournament when they've put out less than 15 shots. And wasn't it, like, one he was completely out of the net for?
1: Yeah, that was um the one I mentioned to you guys, the failed poke check. He tried to do that. He got out of
0: his net. So I, I just like, who the heck is the star? I think it's their next game is against Finland. So whoever goes out there is probably the starter, but like, who do you go with? Cause they're all kind of bad or meh.
2: I just, I don't see the real, I, I don't understand. Sorry, I don't understand the reluctance to play Sebastian Kosa. Like he wasn't backing up in their first game. He correct me if I'm wrong. He wasn't backing up against Austria. Yeah, he's been a so, scratch. So he's been a scratch. And, and I'm not saying he should play because he's a first round pick, but I'm saying maybe you give him a chance, more than a chance than of, well, I mean, the preliminary game against Russia. Like he's a first round pick. Maybe try him out. He doesn't, I'm not saying he deserves it because he's a first round pick, but there has to be some merit there to say, well, I mean, the Detroit Red Wings picked him in the first round. Uh, let's let's try him out. It's better than the other two options we may have. We don't know. We, he played for what, 40 minutes? Like, I just don't understand that reluctance to play him.
0: It's at this point for me, and Daniel, love your thing on this is, I just, I can't at this point because I, I just don't, I don't see him as an option. Again, like, I, I Daniel, your take on that.
1: Yeah, um, I, like when we mentioned it last time, I said how Dylan Guerrero was going to have the first opportunity at this because he's a returning guy. And, you know, it's Dave Cameron behind the bench again. He's a pretty old-fashioned guy when it comes to these tournaments, how the teams are set up. If you really look at how everything has been comprised um, compared to Andre Tournier last year. And I'm not really sure what they're going to do with this because I, I've mentioned to you guys before, like the history of kind of not really caring whether or not the goalies in the first round or not and still going with the, quote-unquote, more experienced, I guess, a one-year-older guy. And mm-hmm. the examples I used before was Dustin Tokarski. He was a fifth-round pick, but he still started over Chet Picard, who went 18th overall. Or we have Justin Pogge, who was a third-round pick, and he started over Devin Dubnik, who was a first-round pick. I think the only exception I've mentioned was Marc-Andre Fleury, that even before he was drafted, he was he played literally every game. And I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I really believe. Maybe it was just the fact that I saw, you know, this guy went over Sebastian Kosa went over Jesper Wallstad in the draft. And when we look back on last year, Jesper Wallstad struggled the same way and still played a bunch of games. And they just Mm kind of said, okay, you know, let him figure it out. We know that the talent is there. But I think the how everything is set up right now, where Dave Cameron going with Brett Brochu in the second game, there's not really that there's not really that, you know, runway, I think, to kind of say, I really stretched out my number one guy going to this tournament. Now, let me see what I have here in the medal rounds or the qualifying rounds. And I'm not saying it's not just on the team itself going with this, going with this, I guess, setup, but I'm, I'm looking at it. The It's, I guess, the nature of the tournament this year. I mean, just you don't have as you don't have as much leeway with it. So it is just an interesting thing where do you go with one of the two guys now in the next game or do I do the unconventional thing and try out the third guy?
0: Um, I think the next game is against Germany. I don't know why I thought Finland, but um It's, it's, today, right? yeah, it's
1: today, Yeah, it's today.
0: Mm-hmm. Hopefully it doesn't get cancelled. I thought there was a wasn't there a COVID scare with Germany? No, I'm still thinking of last year, aren't I? Well, it's like well, you don't normally have a lot of runway in these tournaments anyway, because it's well, like you have two usually, weeks.
1: Usually, have the pre-tournament games where, like, you know, you only had one, and you usually go back and forth between the three guys, and then you figure it out.
0: Yeah, but Garan was awful in their one actual meaningful game. Get him out of there against Germany. okay, okay. okay so. Here's what I do. You put Kosa in against Germany. That's a decent team you can see with the app. Like Garon's lost the job. There's no leeway here unless there's an injury. Like just and you gotta run with the hot hand, and they don't have a hot hand, but you don't get you like don't get the one that's put his hand in the snow and he's colder than the Arctic right now. That didn't make a lot of sense, but that's what I see at Garon. It's just forget draft order or anything. Like again, you wanna mention your for Wallstab. We're gonna get to him in a second, but like listen, just go with whoever's the bastard at this point because no one's standing out. The least smelliest pile of crap. I don't know. Oh, and, and the, the,
2: the the thing is, the thing is you can't throw. I don't think it's fair for anybody involved for you to throw Sebastian Kosa in, in a me, in a metal game or in a in a like a metal the playoff, round in metal round. Sorry. Yeah. Metal yeah, round yeah. Game. qualifying. Yeah. I, I don't think it's fair for you to go. Well, you played 40 minutes in a preliminary game against Russia. Uh, we didn't like what we had in Goran or um br- What's his name? Brochu. Bro Sorry, Brett Brochu. And now we're going to give you the chance. You have two games. You have Germany and you have Finland. You, I agree with you, Adam. You play him against Germany. If he does well, you play him again against Finland.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, looking at other goalies here. We mentioned them a few times there. Yes, for Wallstadt. Do you guys remember what I said to you both during the draft and Wallstadt being passed over by a certain team in Western Canada? They're going to regret yeah, it? It, it? It makes no sense. <laughs> so. I do not understand why the Oilers didn't take yes for I remember, this isn't me just honking on his horn because he was just really good. I remember very vividly telling you guys, the Oilers need to take this guy. They didn't. Minnesota grab him, another team that kind of needs a younger goaltender for the future. Sorry, Kakinen, but you know, yeah. And he throws out in a game where I don't think Sweden were great. A 48 save shutout against the Slovaks. He won them that game. For sure.
1: Before we go into Jesper Wallstead, I just remember reading something that someone like, a, allegedly a, a source close to Ken Holland is that he didn't pick him because he tried to maximize the, you know, how they, they traded all those draft picks before the COVID lockdowns. Yeah, he tried to, like, recoup some of those picks, you know, like when GMs usually do that. So, like, I think win- they, got a, they got an extra third to okay. go to. Yeah, have you? has he, I'm sorry
2: and I've been very critical of Edmonton, uh, but I look at that, their goaltending prospect and I agree with you, Adam, I don't see anyone anywhere close to what, yeah, what the ceiling is or the floor is for Jesper Wallstead.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just, um, you know, <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it's a question, man. You need, listen, there's no such thing as having too many goaltenders in the system because they're just such a wild sort of player type. Just get what you can. This is really, I it was. Goaltenders aren't normally... It's very rare that we're going to see multiple goaltenders taken in the first round. And I, I just... I really... It bothers me. I couldn't stop thinking about that game. I, also, obviously, I was watching it. I'm just thinking to myself, man, Mike Smith is starting today because he's been hurt most of the year. And I'm just thinking to myself, if he starts to fall flat, and you don't make a move at the deadline, or even if you do, that's just a stopgap. And I, I worry about Edmondson there, um, I really worry about him. Kind of like how I'm worrying about Yara Now, listen, uh, before we go into this, it is always very important for people to know that the World Juniors are not a great indicator of how a player will be in an NHL career. People were talking about how Shane Wright hasn't stood out a ton in this tournament, He's still going to go first overall in Montreal, whether it's by Montreal or Arizona, who knows? Please, Montreal. Um, But the thing with Jaroslav Skarov is I was looking at his elite prospects, and he hasn't played more than 30 games in a year for a few seasons now. Um, So with him, you have to evaluate sort of more and more because of how little he actually is playing in Russia, you have to look more at these world juniors. And it doesn't help that he wasn't great last year. He is, uh, I think he's basically lost the starting job too. He's worrying me. You and know? I, I would assume Nashville fans out there are like, oh, thank goodness UC Soros is working out. I mean, it also
2: doesn't help that Russia's defense isn't looking fantastic
1: either. It doesn't um, help that could, Russia don't know how to build a team. They didn't really bring their well, best team this year. Like they didn't know, bring North American prospects,
2: right? So we talk about the politics of sport. Um, look at Russia. Yeah,
1: uh, if NHL
2: players were going to the Olympics, I have I'd have serious doubts about Artemi Panarin going to the Olympics. But besides the point, again,
1: if they if they had a better defenseman, it might help them uh, as well. I'm not really worried. Like we've mentioned, I, you know, I love the world juniors and I always talk, I always hype up these guys, but I'm not really worried because he's one of those really rare cases where a guy goes three times. And even though he's had the experience before, he doesn't necessarily, you know, shine in the third one. And, you know, it happens like, okay, this is one example. Um, Jack Campbell, he went to three world juniors he won a gold medal in one of them, but his third one, he wasn't good at all. And the U S wasn't good at all, all around him. And, you know, it's just one small example, but it's something there where, yeah, I agree. Like I'm not too worried about what's going to happen with him. Like we don't, we don't know how his trajectory of things are going to be, or even the North American, you know, expected arrival for Askarov. So I think him for him, he he'll be okay.
0: But he wasn't good last year either.
1: It was, it was good what this first year
0: yeah but the last two have been bad and i think right now in russia he's at like a 905 say percentage yeah he just i i just i'm just throwing it out there i'm just i think nashville fans are kind of like oh, what's going on here like what, what do you think of this guy what are we thinking of this guy um you know i'm sure he kind of wishes that he was he was going to like young enough to play next year because they're going to be in siberia how in the world did that happen Tune in for the twenty twenty three World Juniors uh in Siberia. Like who's trap who like families of like like you gotta think about that, right? If you're from I don't know, Edmonton, or you're a BC kid and you've made Team Canada, and your family's like, Yeah, I'm gonna come with you, and I'm gonna fly all the way, not to just Russia, to Siberia.
2: What is well, that maybe about? Maybe if they're from Edmonton, it it does get quite cold there too. So they might BC, I understand, you know. The it's distance not as cold there, but- yeah, the distance, 100%. Um, again, I just, it's like, I, I think it's kind of, it was funny. Caught me off guard when you texted me saying that they were playing in Siberia uh, next year. I just, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I
0: don't, I don't I know what to say. I did a double take when <laughs> Gord so Miller I. I. mentioned it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I Googled it just to make sure. I, I like it. You know you why? why? Because if why? you look since
1: from now, since like, I'll say 2005. Yeah it's really, you know, you kind of could predict where it's going to be. But, and I think Bob McKenzie mentioned this before, where they used to have these tournaments in places where you wouldn't expect them to be at, where there is a huge hockey fandom there, but it's, in a way, they're kind of underserved. So, like, one example he used was when, you know, arguably the greatest Canadian real junior team ever in 2005, they won it in Grand Forks. Like North Dakota.
0: I was about to say, where is that?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Grand Forest, North Dakota. Or if you look at other cities here where, um, you know, when they had it in UEFA, in, no, sorry, UFA in Russia, um, that was big. Or even places like, you know, Halifax and Sydney when Marc Andre Fleury was playing. That was really, really big for those cities. But when you've seen a trend here where it's like, oh, okay, Malmo, Toronto, Montreal, Helsinki. Let's go back to Toronto-Montreal again. Where are we going a, a now? Bidding?
0: Is there a bidding for these locations? It's more of like... Under no, the like
1: They, they kind of just... They kind of just um, like appoint them to it. And they've they made the mistake before where they're like, hey, we're getting the most revenue even if we go to Buffalo because all the Canadian fans are coming, right? Let's go back to Buffalo. Like, how many times? Or, hey, they love hockey in Montreal and Toronto. Let's go, but they're not doing that anymore because it's been like fatigue. Because I remember they put the World juniors in Toronto and Montreal, at the same time the Leafs were going to open soon. And then the same time that the world cup of hockey was happening. So like nobody actually went to the World juniors
0: that, and they raised, I remember they, they made the prices really stupid because at the end, because here's the thing about the trap and can with the world, with the world juniors is it's become this, like you can, I, I would love to know the revenue there. Cause you got to think it's at least what a sold out metal round is, I'm sorry. Now that we know some of the gross of some of the home games for the Canadian NHL teams, I wonder if it, it's got to be at least $2 million per game. I'm I'm starting to think like gross. Yeah. I'm starting to think of. So at, you can, like, you think of the money
1: there. Without yeah, concessions,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You could imagine, like, oh, go to the middle game, you know, get some beers out for a U.S., Canada. I just yeah. think, listen, they, they can make a pretty penny there rather than, you know, Saskatchewan. But, like, they, like, can, but the thing is, Canadians sure, will. Depending on the time of year, because obviously if you have a Montreal home opener, probably around the same time as Toronto and the World Cup, which was in Toronto that year. With yeah, Olympics.
1: it's like people just got tired. You're like, you know, we're spending how much on these tickets. Yeah. Um, I, I have a funny story about this before we move on about the Real okay. Juniors.
0: Please make it um, quick because we have to talk about the women's tournament as well.
1: Yes, yes. Um, My friend was living in Montreal at the time. And it was when I was watching all the games because Carl Grundstrom <laughs> was on Sweden. And I believe it was a metal game. It was like the bronze medal game. And he told me, like, you could get you could get really close tickets for like five bucks. Really? Because nobody was going to the games.
0: I wish, man. I wish. Five dollars for tickets, man. I remember uh, remember when no one was going to Buffalo games to start the year. Yeah. And it was like you could do like 20 bucks for behind the glass. It was like, well, what are we, good, what are we doing here? What are we doing it, here?
2: It, it was probably cheaper to fly down to or drive to Buffalo from Toronto and then drive back that night, all with gas and food and all that included to go I watch Buffalo
0: and the movies. Seeing the prices of the finals games in Tampa and thinking, God, how? This is annoying me that they're so cheap. It's like a regular season game almost. Oh my God. Hockey lads. Okay. Listen, I, I don't know where the episodes going to cut off in a second ago. Um, dogs are loud. Sorry about that. But we love dogs. What? But we love
1: our dogs.
0: I don't like my dogs when they steal my lasagna. Even <laughs> anyway, like they're Garfield, cheeky, cheeky dogs. <laughs> anyway, uh, but we're not going to talk about something as, as jovial as dogs stealing lasagna. Um, because the IIHF has sort of let women's hockey down for a second straight year. Um... Uh, All IIHF tournaments in January have apparently been cancelled. Cancelled, not postponed. Um, Including in there, I believe, are multiple women's tournaments. And the headline is the U18 tournament for a second straight year being cancelled. What's significant about that if you're thinking, no, it's safety or whatnot. Um, The men's, the world juniors we just talked about, the U20s, will still be taking place, which is rich because we're Games are getting canceled left and right. I stole that from Alex from our previous take, and I make no chagrin about it. Anyway, um, for those of you who want to hear a terrible response to the whole thing from the head of the IIHF, President Luke Tardif, listen to the new episodes of the Ray and Drags podcast. Uh, It's it's not a very long episode. Uh, 20 minutes of it is the Tardif interview. I asked both the guys to listen to it. Uh, Because from the fallout from this tournament being canned, as well as some other ones, uh, many, many women's hockey players. Of course, Marie-Philippe Poulain, uh Blair Turnbull, Hillary Knight, all of them. And some other non-hockey people like Gary D, which was pretty funny. Um, Maxime Comtois, NHL player, former captain of the World Junior Team a couple of years ago. I've um, all kind of come out and supported the women's uh, game. Hockey Canada have, USA Hockey have. And in this interview, I think Tardif put more effort into calling out USA Hockey and saying, "How about you give us a plan instead of a, calling us out?" Then he probably did into keeping that woman's tournament alive. I thought it was just. Did you guys kind of hear in the background as Tardif is talking? You can almost hear someone bang a desk. Did it not like he sounded so personally attacked by all the crap the double IHF again, even though it was completely yeah, yeah. self inflicted. Like, what an embarrassment.
2: Um. Yeah. No, that was beyond embarrassing. Like I, I mean, when they canceled the, the when they made the cancellations, I, I I was thinking about it, and you know, everyone loves to talk about. It, it's like we're divided in sides here. Well, we, we want to grow the game, but the business of the game. What we have to realize as hockey, as the hockey community, is because it is a sport. This isn't a business. This isn't just a, strictly a business. Now maybe to and we'll get to the NHL because I think the NHL's in a different situation, but they are trying to grow the game. the the, the role of the double IHF, in my eyes, is to grow the game. Like I, I don't know if that's necessarily a, a popular take. It's just what I think. So for them to come out and not put, just postpone them, but cancel them, makes zero sense. It is almost 2022. I get we're in a pandemic, but every other sports league has found a way to overcome the, the, the pandemic. Has there been bumps in the road? Absolutely. A hundred percent, but that shouldn't stop them from trying to find a solution. The audacity for him to come out and say, number one, uh, that, you know, the U S hockey, that USA hockey should give them a plan is that, that, Oh, disgusting. Number two, the idea that, well, I mean, we have to run 42 championship world championships a year. That's your job. That's your job. Like plain and simple. It's your job to run these 42 championships. You find a way to do it, come up with a solution. Uh, Everyone else has done it except you. Except the IIHF, they are. We love to pounce on the NHL for not growing the game. It's time to pounce on the IIHF for not helping grow the game because it is more than just the NHL. It's the IIHF.
0: It's what was ridiculous too was the and to sort of piggyback off your point there is. It's also not USA Hockey's job to have a backup plan for these tournaments. And in that interview, and I don't know if it's because Luke Tardif's English isn't. The best I think you know there was some umming and gnawing there obviously French is his first language um but you know obviously sounding annoyed doesn't do you in any, any favors here um he talked about how the situation has changed as if he made the point of mentioning how many NHL games were postponed in like November compared to the Christmas break when like if you're gonna talk about big sports leagues, look at Adam Silver's point to the fact that well COVID's not going anywhere. And it was almost another really, really annoying thing. I'm going to read the IHF statement in a second here. Was Tardy sort of mentioning like, we don't pick gender here. And you know COVID doesn't pick gender. Alex had a really funny tweet where it was like, COVID doesn't pick the month, either. <laughs> I thought that was really good, Alex. Well, because that was the point he was
2: trying to make. And it was just, sorry, it was dumb because it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It, like, yes, you're right. COVID does not pick gender. COVID does not pick months. Uh, the games happening between December 26th and December twenty uh, December 31st are not magically going to be COVID-free because you said that we're going to cancel all the tournaments in January. Oh, no, COVID's going to run away.
0: No, that's not how it works. He, he also said, like, I don't know quite the point he was trying to make, but he mentioned the age of the athletes and it being a health concern somehow because they were like – like you 18 girls, but it's like, dude, there's a sixteen year old playing for Teen Canada right now. What are you talking about?
1: And yeah, they like they're all in the range. Like that's the one thing that kind of got me too, where he spoke about gender, he spoke about age, and he's like, This is the level of concern that we have here. But Did Okay, what? when I when I was listening to this, I'm like, No one is under five years old. If I'm gonna use it in the most extreme example, everybody who's there is eligible to be fully vaccinated.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That's a very good way of putting it, Daniel. That's a very good way of putting it. So here's, um, I'll read the statement. I don't think, I'm not going to read it all at once because I, I guarantee there's going to be parts we're going to want to pick off here. So this is the official statement from IIHF President Luke Tardif. I saw it recently was on their Twitter. So, uh, quote, this is not a gender issue. This is a COVID-19 issue. I would ask in turn how it is fair to postpone all the time the top divisions are all wait. Okay, hold on a minute.
2: Can I, can I stop you for a second? Yes It's not a COVID issue by the way It's a money issue Yeah 100%. It's a money Like let's that's, that's not be dumb about It's the same thing with Adam Silver saying Well there's no logic to pausing the season There's no logic to pausing the season Because fans are still willing to pay Top dollar to go see your product Despite star players being out that, it, it, That's a purely a business thing
0: They're making their decision because of money Not COVID-19 mm-hmm. Sorry um, No worries I would ask, in turn, how is it fair to postpone all the time the top divisions and always to simply cancel the lower divisions? That's, that's me reading it word for word, by the way. I don't think they put this... I don't think anyone proofread this. Um, uh, continuing, uh, these cancellations have affected six tournaments, not just one, uh, including two men's U-20 events that critics seem to conveniently forget. Okay, first off... I, people have been pointing out the other tournaments as well it's just he's ignoring the fact back to back years in this part specifically um also you're still missing the point i think he's still kind of missing the point um he sounds so defensive here too like dude just like um he, it's almost like like he went to the gary batman school of how to defend oneself except he didn't quite you know go That's back same and
1: composure back. I, like
0: I know I, I think Tardif is a bit more aggressive about it yeah, or like Gary. Not, Gary not can be... yes, Gary's not as practiced.
2: Gary's been doing this for 25 years.
0: Okay,
1: mm-hmm. he's a he's, he a, knows, practiced, he knows how to he's a
2: practiced, practiced NHL commissioner.
1: Listen, mm-hmm. we're we're canceling the season. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> In, Rick oh. West has a question. That's too bad. Um, continuing here. <laughs> In a normal season, we are not cancelling anything. The IIHF is not in the business of cancelling tournaments. We are here to play tournaments, but we are battling circumstances that are out of our control. And to be perfectly honest, we have to think of the future too. I I don't know what exactly he means by the future too. So what do you not want to... Is the risk of putting a tournament together and then COVID ravages and you can't afford to... You don't think you're going to make the money back? I, I, you see, I, I don't get what he means there.
2: This, this statement is so much more concerning than anything the NHL has ever done trying to grow the game. Because he's missing the point. He's not getting a grasp of what's what the point is. Yes, there's a factor of two years in a row. The U18s world, the world u women's world U18 championships were canceled. But you you canceled six tournaments and let one go because what? Because it started four days before t-
0: January? Um, continuing here. Um, is there an economic incentive to host the men's world championship and world juniors every year no matter what? Absolutely. Um, but people misunderstand that. Uh, that this is because we favor men over women's hockey which is completely false the revenue generated from these two events enable our federation to survive and support the operations of all other IIHF world championship events so i have to make so so if i have to make every effort to host a specific tournament to ensure the survival of other events then that is my responsibility as the IIHF president to do so so let's just understand this right because, yeah, we got to remember, so a big story has been that, what is it, the only player in in, sorry, in the history of hockey to have won a, a world junior after winning a world a World championship medal, I think is Bergeron? Yeah. But Owen Power could do it. So the reason I mention that is because, yeah, he won a world championship earlier this year because the men's world championship happened without a problem. Now, I think there was the women's worlds that happened too, and you know that took place, and Canada won gold, suck in America. Um, Again, the world juniors right now are happening. I think you can argue that all of those are very high-level events that can bring in good revenue.
2: Remember, the women's happened because everyone complained yeah. that they weren't going to do it. That was I, the plan. The I plan thought that was, was They enough. were going to cancel
0: yeah. it. And he made a big point of saying last year, oh, everyone blamed was the Saskatchewan government. He's like, no one blamed the government there when people absolutely did. I remember Cassie Campbell Pascal making a point that this is on the government and the IIHF because they didn't have a backup plan. You're telling me they didn't have a, a, a plan B in case the World Juniors got messed up? No, of course they did. I,
2: I saw this story going around about Steve Jobs Um and you'll understand the content, the why. So they were talking about when the first iPhone came out, when they did the presentation in front of it, they do the um the conference, when they did the presentation at the conference, they had five iPhones there. Five. In case in and they knew that there was a probably a good chance that the first iPhone was gonna wasn't gonna finish the entire conference along with the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth. They had a plan. They had a backup plan. They had a backup backup plan. Where that's how that's a business. That's running a business properly. This is that's not what they're doing. They're clearly not doing it. Also, he contradicts himself there. Uh, when he, as soon as he says that, it, it, it's absolutely a financial incentive, and then goes on to say, "Well, we got to make sure that all these federations survive." So it's not a COVID nineteen issue, as he said in his very first sentence.
0: Um, the second part of the statement is just really going over, like, "Oh, we've been doing this since this and this. Uh, we support this many women for the raid." Yeah, like, it's just a bunch of sort of padding crap that's not really important. Um, also, in that Ray and Dregs interview, uh, he mentioned that that he doesn't want to use the term of rescheduling because then it, he's committed to it, which I thought, okay, that's from Gary Bettman's play school. The look that Alex is making right now. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to
2: say. like Because it's... Uh, it's genuinely concerning. Like, you know, this is the guy who is running the International Ice Hockey Federation, who oversees Hockey Canada, USA Hockey, like the programs in Germany, around the world, every single hockey federation. And I, I just felt, you know, look at how he, he's handled uh, the Andre Deniskin stuff, you know, apparently he's played internationally in within the month of December. So again, what a failure of handling that and you know ha- and then handling this, you had an opportunity to look at how your predecessors handled last year and you chose to essentially handle it the same way. And that's the most disappointing part. and these guys are now in charge of growing the game of hockey around the world.
0: By the way, so, um, the way, this, like, cancelling, like, tournaments especially, um, it was five, apparently, this is from, uh, Michelle J on Twitter. This will cancel every single U18 Women's Tournament, all five of them. All five wow. of them. That's insane. It's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of hockey. That's a lot of showcase. That's just, um, it's... Again, it's it's Alex's thing of growing the game. Well, oh, freaking it's kind of di- it's not even where like the NHL aren't associated with a women's league right now, and I mean, there's problems with them. they should be, but it's even like worse the than WNBA. the WIB. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We talked about that before. Yeah, um, but it's it's even worse that the the IHF have this annual bunch of tournaments and they're just not doing anything about it. Um, I think mean, we can move on here. Um, just like Tardif has just instantly like I have never seen the guy who's been on the job for so little amount of time just completely blow it as much as he has. Um other world junior notes, like yeah, Connor Bedard's good play and more. Um I don't think we need to go too much into the other games. You guys have a no one owen power because first overall draft pick, I think he had a hat trick, didn't he? The uh, He did. Against he did a the Checks. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Good playing, was good, but you know, he can only do so much. <laughs>
1: Owen Power mentioned that, um, the re- that was the reason one of the reasons he he uh went back to University of Michigan was he wanted to play in the rogue juniors.
0: I mean, fair um, enough, that's awesome. Well, there was a the thing of like what he wanted to work more on his offensive abilities, and he's been a big part of that power play, right? So, um, you like to see that a lot, you like to see that a lot because there was
1: a lot of yeah, concerns coming into and we've mentioned it before about Canada's blue line and how Dave Cameron was going to rely a lot on Caden Gooley and Owen Power to kind of, you know, ride the ship with things. But, like, thankfully, the other guys have been able to kind of transition really well into these competitive games.
0: You want to talk about leadership. I mean, you know, there, there's there's Caden Gooley, you know, leading Canada. You know, his goaltender's awful, and he leads them in the comeback, went over the checks. I mean, you know, and they weren't celebrating too hard after, like, the third goal against Austria. That's from Caden Gooley. That's a leader. Um, Did you know what he,
1: see yesterday? Um, this one, like I think, um, Gordon Miller was also kind of laughing at it too. A lot of the Austrian players were like getting in on Kaden Guli, and these guys were like five inches shorter, and they were all the ones who were they were still wearing the uh, the cages.
0: Man, that and I think it was like the rushing game. He was laying the body. That kid loves throwing hits. He's it's really funny to watch. I can't wait for a couple years. And it, probably next year, to be honest. And you can just have the left side, and it's like, we're going to try and go down and break through that side of Montreal's defense. And there's Alexander Romanov. Gonna wreck you. Here's Caden Gooley. He's gonna wreck you. I'm like, looking forward to that so much.
2: And there's Wait Ben Sherrod on the top here. Uh,
0: yes. I'll be traded by them to Edmonton <laughs> for okay. an unprotected wow. first All round. about this fresh uh, eight year
1: deal? Uh,
0: <laughs> get out of here. Get, actually, get out of here. No, it'll be Joel Edmondson. He'll still, still be there <laughs> oh, if he okay. ever plays. Because they have I. What the heck is wrong with Joel Edmondson? Um, and then other also we should all yeah. Wish I could talk. Um, especially in that pre-tournament game, Nimala and Hirvanen were looking pretty good. Least prospects, team Finland, pretty cool.
2: Oh yeah, sorry, I've been muted myself. Um, I always.
1: No, Sorry. go ahead Daniel. Oh no, I just would laugh cuz I think they've mentioned it before too. Like those were the two picks that Ottawa gave away. They're like what did they say like Ottawa gave up these two quality finished picks in exchange for um Jake Sanderson's roommate. <laughs> was, was that
2: there? um Tyler
1: Boucher? No, it was a uh, it was no. that that same draft. Let me just check who it was. It was like 42nd overall. Oh okay. Um, no, I think like
2: with um, Hirvan and, and Niemela, I've wa- I've watched the games they've played. I, I man, I really do enjoy watching them. Considering that they're getting top minutes, um, we'll just have to wait and see. Like for Niemela, I think it's a little bit different because he's doing so well in uh, in the top league in. Um, in Finland. And I think he just signed a contract extension. So if the do, if the Leafs do sign him and bring him over and things don't necessarily work out, he gets to go back to a league. He's already done really well in. So for me, that's a positive. And with here, like they signed him right out of, out of being drafted. And you don't always see that with a second round guy. Um, So again, the positives are there. Like to confirm.
0: What?
1: Oh. Just sorry to confirm the pick. So yeah. my mistake, it was not forty second. It was forty fourth. So, what? who did who did Ottawa take? Tyler Clevin. Tyler Clevin. Yes. Well they like
0: doing that with like US friends, like Kachuk and Norris are close together. I mean, it was a big part of having like them together.
2: Yeah. Wow. Uh, man i'm eating my words <laughs> when, when they made that trade i'm like wow you made that trade because they're best friends i'm like that's not a great look but josh norris's look fantastic so decent player happy to be uh, wrong
0: yeah. centers they need uh, hey are you big bill nye the science guy daniel uh yeah yeah did you put this in the dock? No, I think it was Alex. That okay. was
2: not um, so I went on, I saw Bill Nye uh the Matthew Nyes the science guy. I'm like, did I miss something absolutely on Matthew? Okay, Nye. so um, I searched up Matthew Nye's science and nothing came up. I'm like, okay, so either I'm screwed or Daniel made a joke.
1: I made a joke because what happened is in the pre-tournament, everyone was saying Matthew knees. <laughs> And right. then, you know, when um, they gradually go through the tournament, and you're like, oh, our correction, it's like, not Askarov, it's As-R- Eskarov, right? Yes. Um. So for this one, they're like, well, our apologies. It's not Matthew Knees, it's Matthew Nyes. And then I just saw some random person put on Twitter, Matthew Nyes the science guy. And I just, <laughs> that's how I remembered it now.
2: He's at a, okay. I mean, we've only seen him play one game, which I think he did score in. So again, I wish I could see more of him. Unfortunately, so you're saying top six they, potential. I did not that say that. Again, I did not say that. As we said earlier in the show, I will. We will not be making any outstanding projections about players based on their World Juniors.
1: I'm already convinced from that one game. Okay, he was be like
2: a first You'll round pick convinced. that was
1: taken in the second round.
2: You be convinced of that? I'm not. I want to get into this radical Leafs media shenaniganery.
1: All right, I'm gonna do another radical Leafs <laughs> Matthew okay. Nyes is gonna become more of a valuable pick than Carson Kuhlman, the pick okay. that the Leafs we'll gave see. away for Nick Foligno.
0: Okay, we'll just we'll just which one, Daniel? It's yeah. <laughs> a good point. But um, okay, moving on. We know that the Olympics aren't happening for NHL players unless I don't know they get pushed to next year. Doubt it though. Connor McDavid sort of spoke on about it, about, you know, we need to, it's disappointing, and we need to have some sort of best-on-best best tournament. Uh, staying saying something, but still kind of being Connor McDavid and being nice and respectful. Um, then Brad Marchand put something out. Mm-hmm. Um, I still haven't seen the Brad Marchand find for this, but you know it's coming. Um, so he put this out on his social media. Quote, well, The NHL and NHLPA, he tagged them apparently, which is pretty funny, um, can change the rules of the CBA to add a taxi squad so that they don't miss any games and don't lose any money, which has already been agreed upon that the players will pay back an escrow until the honors are made whole from what they have lost during the pandemic. Regardless of how many games are missed, Um, Yet they can't do a taxi squad during the Olympics so they can honor the agreement they made. So the NHL players can go, please tell me that's not BS. And for all of you who want um, to pipe back about forfeiting pay while being gone. Yeah, not a problem. Let the players make that choice.
2: Isn't it interesting? Like they keep throwing the uh, escrow stuff in the owner's face are they not 50-50 partners? Like, uh, what what are we doing? Make the decision. Listen. I get it.
0: Wasn't it not – well, There are not reports that some players were, when they heard about possibly losing play, were like, I don't know if I want to go. And then there was the three-week quarantine thing, and players weren't sure if they wanted to go. And apparently, at least from what the league said in reports where the, the decision was in the players' hands – I listen, I, I hate defending the league, but I think Brad Marchand's a little off base here. I,
2: I think he he the he makes one good point, which is I think the league could have done more to ensure the players go to the Olympics by adding taxi squads per se earlier. I don't know if that necessarily fixes everything. But again, but the, the main thing that the league would have had to do to ensure that was to probably add more restrictions, right, and turn the, the the league into somewhat of a bubble.
1: The thing is, when you mentioned like taxi squads as like a hypothetical thing for an Olympic team, it's not necessarily a radical idea. Because I'll, I'll use 2010 as an example where they had a bunch of guys on reserve that in case of injury, you make the team like, like Jason Spezza, Jay Ballmeister, Jeff Carter. They were all on call on in case of injury throughout the tournament, you're added in. So it's not like it's something like, oh, we have to change this fundamentally and make something new. No, you're right. Oh, you're on mute now? Oh, Adam, I was muted.
0: muted. That's awkward. Muted. Um, on top of that, like, yeah, taxi squads are back, by the way. There's some different rules to stop teams from pulling caption and against. I understand why you couldn't have instituted this earlier in the year. But anyway, they're coming back. Um, but quickly going back to the best on best stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um Alex, take it away because I know I'm assuming you put this Greg Rashinsky stuff and you also have a proposal for a World Cup. So I'm, oh. I'm happy to, to hear that.
2: Yeah, I did put the Greg Wyshynski. stuff. I'll, I'll go there first because I think it's related to what we're talking about. Uh, last night, let me pull up this tweet real quick. Greg Wyshynski tweeted, Marshan makes an interesting point. Why does the league have to shut down for the winter games? Why aren't these players quote, on loan, like in soccer. And if they give up salary to supplement replacement players for a few weeks in February, every four years, why doesn't NHL play on? And I know a lot of people have been talking about the, you know, well, I mean, we're going to lose all our star players for three weeks. I, that's not my argument, uh, actually. I think, you know what, thats that that argument doesn't make a lot of sense because star players get injured every Every so often So I just It's a hard argument to prove My argument is I don't think The salary cap Is set up in a way For the league to do that Because The guys that would be On the taxi squad When you leave For three to four weeks Are um Are guys Who are going to make 750000 To about Let's say One and a half million I think I'm being I'm being more than generous with extending it to a million and a half, but the the teams who are going to get the most affected by this are going to be the teams at the top. Right. And it's an important time, February. It's leading up to the trade deadline where teams are going to make altering team, altering decisions, potentially Uh, playoff races may be decided within that month. And to say that, you're going to put a replacement level player in there. I I don't think makes sense. I don't think any general manager, I don't think any director of hockey operations. Let's look at Kyle Dubas and uh, Jeff Gordon Gordon as an example. Nick Suzuki's taken away. Uh, Brendan Gallagher is potentially taken away. Carey Price is potentially taken away. In one of the most important times of the season, and you're going to replace them with guys making about a million dollars. To add to that, it doesn't make sense. Like we saw Michael Frolic last year play zero. How many games did Michael Frolic
1: play?
0: Uh, like less than five.
1: Yeah. Less like, than five. I think three. Like, I'm going to say three, but I'm not too sure.
2: How many guys are going to be willing to take more money and sit, on the, sit in the press box for most of the year? and say, well, you're going to play regularly for three weeks when the players go away for the Olympics. I don't think any player would really be happy with that situation, and I don't think it's fair on the star players to now throw those guys under the bus because every single time – we have a discussion about the pa it's always about well i mean they're just kicking the issue down down the line to the next generation the crosby's and the malkins well they're kicking it down the line to the matthews and the marners the matthews and the marners are kicking it down the line to the bedards and the shane rights for example like i just i don't think that idea would work
0: uh league played eight games by the way okay, no we, I, were, I, we were off <laughs> yeah i would i I know people want it, like yeah. If they if they do the World Cup, I'd be like cool. By the way, I yeah. just don't care about it because it's not the Olympics. But um, yeah, and plus, not to mention the lone thing, kind of seems creative. And uh, creativity is not in the NHL's vocabulary.
2: Yeah, but you um, yeah. you sure don't remember Team North been America? No, that that was sorry, <laughs> that was not. That was atrocious. I remember
0: people saying how good they are, but they never even, you know, didn't win anything. Uh, Do you want to hear people love? Okay.
2: I I have a really creative proposal, which means the NHL won't do it. But if the the NHL want to be front runners in growing the game, because the double IHF don't really don't want to do that. And they can't work with the NHL along with the IOC. What if the NHL, Kind of took a stand and said, "Hey, you know, talks to the other leagues around the world and does create a does create a um, world cup similar to the way there's the world cup in soccer." And I'm not saying, like, listen, it's going to be a rough the first few times because this takes years to develop. But if I think if you have a tournament similar to the Olympics in terms of the players available to them. I think you have more chance of success because you can bring in guys from the SHL. You can bring in guys from the KHL or in Finland or or, or wherever. And I think it gives you more opportunity for the game to grow because we're not, no, who's watching the, the SHL who's watching the KHL. It's not, easily accessible in Canada. And I'm not entirely sure about the U S but I imagine it's somewhat similar. If the NHL took the stand and said, we're interested in creating a um, world cup style tournament with the, and, and players from across the world can join. I think that would genuinely do wonders for the sport.
0: See. Yeah. So it's almost like um, like a, like a crossover event extravaganza. Sure. So you basically like it's it's kind of like it, you don't have the Olympic banner, but you at least have the actual best on best stuff in there. Exactly. Which no, I think that'd be cool. It's just yeah, like you say, it's just it's the NHL. It's, would, they would probably want like oh, we're not covering the insurance for your yeah. players. It's like the same crap, but it would be a cool idea. I wouldn't I like want
2: it. this management running it though. I wouldn't like Batman and Co. Running it. I no I'd player. want I'd wait till the new guys come in.
0: Um, move, when is that?
2: Move.
1: Not soon, apparently.
0: <laughs>
1: when Conor Bedard's like in the twilight of his years of his <laughs> career.
0: No, come on, Daniel. Gary will be will be living because he's like a vampire, right? He just but instead of like drinking blood, he just continues to blue ball the country of Canada when it comes to hockey. It's like ah, Quebec, no Quebec, Arizona though. We finally got an arena ten years later. Is it's you know, probably just going to happen anyway. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Um, so the league. Yeah, money still matters because a bunch of Canadian games were are, uh, are postponed in January, uh, especially the Habs. They're going to have a very, very long road trip all of a sudden um, with taxi squads and all that kind of stuff being on the way. The The league are, are, are doing what they can now to sort of save hockey related revenue. Marchand was sort of talking about it in his statement. Um, because obviously Montreal and Toronto not having fans in the stands is going to cost a lot of money. I think people were throwing around the league or trying to save around $20 million for these arenas. Um, but it's clearly an indicator if you're not trying to get the season done on time. Not to mention, it's like, I, like does this happen if the, the players are going to the Olympics? Probably not. And I, I feel like this situation kind of proves that no matter what the league, we're never going to go because they were never going to lose out on this money. But I don't hate that they're doing it either because I want the cap to go up, you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's a crappy situation, but it's it's a necessary evil almost. Like listen, I was looking forward to that January game versus the Leafs cuz I was going to go to it. And right. now it's thinking for until further notice. So great. Thanks. There's some I mean, silver lining yeah. with
1: that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like, I just I can't see them outright canceling them, which is the which Makes sense. Like I think,
0: tell that to the hotel I was going to stay No,
2: no. I, listen, I no, no. I fully, I fully understand. Yes, there's other things, there's other factors other than just the teams. But I think I don't think they look at it like that. Like I'm sorry, I, it's just the unfortunate reality. I don't think the NHL is saying, well, I mean, what about the fans? That's been clearly evident for about ten years. Um, if they care or not about the fans. Um, So for them to make this decision business wise, it actually makes a lot of sense. Like it's 50% capacity in Toronto, 50% capacity in Ottawa, 50% capacity in Montreal. I believe BC, I think Winnipeg too. Why, why, why do it now? Why not just wait? You're taking the Montreal
0: chance. isn't even like the thing with Montreal right now is they're not even 50% apparently. It's like um, oh. it was supposed to be but now Quebec are like we're taking it like day by day. It's it's really crazy there apparently. I honestly, I'm not living there anymore so I'm not as up to date but it's it's like there was word that there wasn't going to be any fans for the first few weeks in January the cases
1: are going because um again that same friend i mentioned in montreal he came to track to toronto recently for the holidays and he's telling me that he's considering he might just stay in toronto and just work remotely because the cases are going wild again and the restrictions are are coming back like it's inevitable now well they mm-hmm. closed everything yeah they closed everything cool um already, right? remember when they had that extreme curfew at like 6 p.m.
0: yeah yeah I did.
1: Yeah they're thinking of that again where yeah. um oh great I just remember um, the funny story told me where you're only allowed past the curfew if you have to walk your dog, and there were people are like walking their dog for five six hours because they want to stay out.
0: I thought it was like that and like worker exceptions, but that makes sense. Um yeah, because right now it's at least seven games right now. Um they've told season ticket holders like okay like like hold up we're uh it's being worked on it's being worked on the Leafs I don't do they play is it. When do they play again? Because the game today was postponed.
2: The yeah. game today was it's postponed. They, they play uh, Saturday at seven p.m.
0: Okay. So, what doesn't help Canadian teams either is some news that came out right before we started recording was the NHL. This is from Frank Cervelli, uh They've officially shortened isolation period to five days with a negative test for COVID, if allowed by health authorities. So. it's so- Canadian teams aren't going to get a shortened quarantine.
2: Right. Um, so uh,
0: they are getting swamped right now because because unlike the States, listen, Canada hasn't been perfect for COVID, but they're not ignoring it. Florida. Uh,
2: but, um, no, I, I was going to say the, it's interesting. It, it, it's very businesslike for them to, the way they've canceled the games. Wednesdays and Saturdays, those are the only days we can play hockey. I okay. wonder
0: why. <laughs> yeah. Significant dates. Are significant dates. Ugh. I hate this sport. You know what? Once I saw that the Habs were playing last night, it was like, I was kind of like, I wasn't, I, I kind of felt annoyed by it. It's like, oh great, hockey's back. I don't love it, but whatever. Even though they played really, really, the young players were, I thought, really good. But the officiating completely screwed Montreal in the game. Stop me if you've heard this before. Corey Perry ties the game, Palat gets the game winner. Oh, we're just going to ignore Brendan Gallagher not at the interfering in the goalie, but it's number 11, so we're going to call it no goal. Oh, we're going to ignore, I think was Brett Kulak getting tripped, leading to the game-winning goal. No. You know what's frustrating about watching the World Juniors and going back to normal hockey?
1: Oh, good there, refs. Sorry. The
0: double IHF yeah. calls the rules.
1: Yeah. We have to see the silver linings in the game. Yeah. Congrats, Kale Clegg, on your first oh. career goal. Oh. Little junior so legend.
0: There's a few of these, actually. So David Savard scores his first goal as a Hab. <laughs> Awful. His first one in December. Um, so Raphael harvey Panarit scores his first career goal. From our um, show. Sorry? Yeah, from sure. like, ah, the quiz. Yeah, thank yes. you, Daniel. Thank you so um, much. Should be a tie right now. Um, besides that, yeah, kale Clegg, his first career goal. Um, Veg Demo, it's his second career goal, but his first of the season getting called up. Um, and Corey Schoenman got his first career point assisting on the Harvey Penard goal, I think it was. Or I can't remember exactly, but he, he also got um, his first it was, a, it was a really cool night for a lot of them. Also, the Rockets signed... A PTO, Devonte Smith-Pelly is back in the. He's abs- back.
1: <laughs> I love that guy. You know he only I played one it. junior game. He played what? So what happens is he was already he already made the Ducks team, but they loaned him. And then on his first game, um, I can't remember who it was against. He blocked a shot and he broke his leg. And then that was the only real junior game he played.
0: Wow, that's a shame. Did he get a gold medal?
1: I think they won silver or bronze that year.
0: They were the one goal with Devontae Smith-Pelly in the lineup.
1: He's back. He was traded for another quiz legend. Yuri Seikach.
0: Was, was it Seikach? Oh, I thought you had yeah. his way out. Okay, no, because I think he was then traded for Mateau. Yeah, Stefan And at the trade deadline show, Mateau hung up on the uh, TSN guys who they were taking too long. He didn't last long. Noted attitude problem, apparently, with Stefan Mateau. Cause he's, but he was French and he was six foot tall. So he was a little he was, guy. He, he was bad. Well, yeah, sure, but um, okay. I think that's everything that's going on uh, for now. Anything else you guys want to talk about? COVID's a thing still. That sucks.
1: It is. Um, no, I don't have anything. I guess else. my last going out was Spider Man with you guys. I don't know when else <laughs> to do things with friends in person.
0: What a movie. Still not over how good it was.
1: Oh, one more thing I want to add. (laughs) After January fifth, are we buying the Tim Hortons Team Canada cards?
0: No, those are a cash grab and they're bad.
1: I know they are, but like, I got a Tim's card for Christmas, so I'm. Is there a Carey
0: Price card?
1: Okay, you know they. If it's a cash grab, they have to be like, hey, you're not getting the Olympics, but remember (laughs) Carey Price in
0: 2014? Okay, if if you can get me confirmation, there's a Carey Price card. Sure.
1: Okay, I'll call Tim Hortons. Hello.
0: I'm serious, Daniel. Like, if there's a character, oh, yeah, yeah. we're doing it. That's that's a mandated segment of the show.
1: Remember, okay, so just one joke. Remember the office where um, no. Michael's like, oh, I you know, I really want to meet somebody. Can someone give me, like, recommend me for, like, someone I could call? And then someone, I think it was Kevin, gives Michael... The number Wendy. and it's like, hi is Wendy there. <laughs> and then he's like, What? It's like can I speak to Wendy? Like, no, this is a Wendy's <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> so I'll call Tim Hortons and be like, Hello, is this my local Tim Hortons? Will you have a carry price card? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if
0: you call the head off, like, I have a list of the players who have cards. And it's easy. Just give me a carry price card. Okay.
1: If they have a Justin Poggy card, oh my goodness. I'll like
0: I hope they have guy. a legacy. Here's Tukaras Rask playing for Finland, and it's like they have a great game again. I don't know, like you have a do. You know how sometimes there's like those like dual legend cards, and you just have Pogey and Rask.
1: Oh what my gosh! Really if you guys, oh, that would be the dream card for me.
0: What the <laughs> a dual thing of Pogi and Rask?
1: Yes, you you brought him up. Tukarask's Rask's gonna play for the Boston
2: Bruins <laughs> this year, right? Like I just yeah. It's kind of yeah. ridiculous. We're talking about cap shenanigans, and this guy's their emergency backup goalie. Like, give me a break. Without a contract,
0: man. I'm trying to explain to my mother, who hates Tampa more than anything, why the key, the Kucherov, still isn't back from his injury when he was only supposed to be only supposed to be gone for up to ten weeks. Like, I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried. Points back. Had two goals last night. That was pretty lame, but like. Yeah. Still there waiting, like, oh, God, where's Kucherov, please? Hurry up. He yeah, skated a few right. weeks ago, that loser. I need it for my fantasy team. No, he, he's the loser. Tamper, cheating losers. Don't be sore about it. No, I'll be very freaking sore about it. At least fans get to cry about the Bruins for 10 years. Losing the finals, you know what real pain feels like. Oh, no, Vogue, good. This ridiculous. I'll, I'll never forgive Mark Grossman, that loser. He couldn't have brought Perry back.
2: Told, I so told hard. him. I said it. I said it when he signed. I said, Montreal should give him the second year. And I got I got hate for it. I was told no, don't take you should give him the second year.
0: <sighs> well on that note. Um I think that's everything. Daniel, do you want to do the outro?
1: Hey guys. Daniel here. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to the two-in-one podcast. Thank you again to Voice Ed and alex who is our sponsor right now a better place Present. better help okay thank you again to better help for being That's a great okay. sponsor us through about to
0: Yell stamps
1: via podco no. um remember we are here back on sunday
0: are we but in the are
1: meantime we? are we or are we back here until further notice. I'm no, not sure. How about
0: the end of the show is us figuring out what we're doing? Uh, we will Saturday figure out. well, Sunday's the second. I don't know how many people are busy on the second of January. Mm-hmm. So is that we'll good? Okay.
1: Okay, yeah. But yeah. My
0: YouTube channel, Daniel C J U, Alex's blog. Congrats again on your internship, Alex. Very proud of Yay. you. Thank you. Thank you. Um and any TikTok.
2: Yeah. It's a great Finish the
0: show. There's my dog. Mm-hmm. Not the one who stole lasagna. She carries. That's <laughs> a good dog. <laughs> Look at her. My good dog. Goodbye.
1: Bye.